You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Chapter 2, and let's find out who needs a fill-in-the-blank sheet tonight. Anybody need a fill-in-the-blank sheet upstairs, downstairs? Okay, we just got one down here, I think, brother. Anybody else? Make it two. We got a third. Are we going for three? All right. We got one coming there. I think we just need one over here, Brother Dickinson, if you could. Thank you so much. Just right down front. How about a pen? Anyone need a pen tonight? Good. We don't have those. No, I, I have a pen here if you need one. All right. Wonderful. Second Timothy chapter number two. It's good to have Brother Jeff Hansen with us over here and a police officer in Napa. And uh, he is out of my father-in-law's church. He came here. You remember, I think it was last summer, right, Brother Jeff? And uh, gave a, a testimony about how he got saved as a hostage negotiator and just incredible stuff. And he's just on fire for the Lord down here doing some training. It's good to see Brother Jeff. And uh, if you now, I, I do want to say, as uh, my mind is on on this message right now, that that this is a different type of message. And and for a little while, I'll be honest, I kind of felt guilty when I was preparing it a little bit because I was thinking I'm not really going to be diving into any scripture. And, and, and so I thought, is this really a message? But what I've realized is this is probably the most practical message I could teach. And so I, I, I want it to be as if you and I were sitting down and having a discussion, and you said, Pastor, give me some resources. Tell me how, uh, what would you recommend to help my personal Bible study? And if you and I sat down um, individually or even collectively like this, I, I would tell you certain things that would get you started. Now, if you do come to me individually, I could give you more specific things as well. But I wanted this to be very, very practical tonight in dealing with our series, which is Dig In. And we're talking about digging into the Bible in personal Bible study, discovering the treasures of the Word of God. And uh, we, are, we are just not scratching the surface even, I don't think on how amazing this book is and on what God has done in preserving it for us and what it means to us today. And so we really need to learn how to dig into the Bible. So 2 Timothy 2.15 is our theme verse for this series. And it says there, but I want you to see it because we're going to look at another passage as well. 2 Timothy 2.15, study. Okay, we're, we're told to do that. Study. What are we supposed to study? Okay, we're talking about the Word of God. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman. <clears throat> That means putting work in, that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Again, rightly dividing, making a straight cut, knowing exactly, hey, you know, uh, dividing the word of God correctly, uh, uh, interpreting it correctly, observing it, and all of that that we've talked about. Now look at chapter 4, verse 13. Chapter 4, verse 13. This is Paul at the end of his life. He's in a Roman prison, and he's writing to Timothy, who apparently is coming to see him, and here's what he says in 2 Timothy 4.13. This is the last book that Paul wrote, and this is the end of his life. And he says, The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee. So he's cold. <laughs> bring, bring the cloak with you. And then he says, and the books. And the books, but especially the parchments. He's going to be doing some writing. But what books was Paul reading? You know, was he like, you know, I just needed that, that new uh, fiction bestseller. You know, he was, he's like, what, you know, whatever's on the New York Times bestseller list, number one or two, bring me those books. I'm bored as I can be in this prison. 
No, I guarantee you that those books had something to do with Bible study, with the actual Bible, maybe the books of the law, or something along those lines. And so uh, it's just interesting. Could, is it possible that Paul had books that helped him study? Is it possible? I think it's possible. We don't know what these books are, though. But I find it interesting that Paul said, hey, when you come, I, I need some parchment. I need to write, but, but bring me the books, too. I need the books. And so I want to help us tonight by suggesting to you some books, suggesting to you some resources. And that's the title there at the top, if you want to fill it in, is resources. Now, if you are watching this online, normally we have the, the uh, fill-in-the-blank sheet online for you, and Brother Josh does all of that for us, and he's on vacation. So or, <laughs> he's not on vacation. He's on, you know, in Hawaii you know, suffering to, to take care of these teenagers. But... Uh, but uh, he, he does all that for us. So if you want those, please contact the church office. We'll make sure you get one with all the blanks filled in because I know there's going to be a lot of info in here tonight. And for you to have to write it all down is difficult. I get that. But uh, the word is resources. That's what I want to talk about tonight, giving you some resources. Now, John 5, 39, Jesus does tell us to search the scriptures. He does tell us to do that. In Acts chapter 12, I believe it is, it talks about the Berean people who search the scriptures. And so I want to give us tonight some helps some Bible study aids that you could find on your own and add to your collection to help you in your personal Bible study. And again, if you missed out on the previous lessons about the inductive form of Bible study, observation, what does it say? Interpretation, what does it mean? Application, what does it mean to me? If you missed those three lessons, you got to go back and listen to them, and uh, that will help because these resources are going to back up the teaching that we've done about how to study the Word of God. Let me give you a couple of disclaimers here, okay, before we get in. Number one, resources are meant to, here's the blank, aid Bible study, not replace Bible study. Those are the two blanks. Resources that I'm going to give you tonight are meant to aid Bible study, not replace Bible study. We should not be giving more time uh, to our study tools than we do to the Bible itself. Okay. So when I'm talking to you about the resources here, make sure that, yes, you use the resources, but the Bible is to be used more, okay? Don't just go to the resources. So resources are meant to aid Bible study, not replace Bible study. Number two, another disclaimer here, resources cannot replace the need to spend much time in Scripture. I want to encourage you, hey, don't just spend a little time in Scripture and, and use the Bible. Study. No, spend much time in Scripture, much time meditating, much time thinking about the scriptures. That's, that's where the transformation is going to take place. All right, number next, here we go. We're going quickly. Number three, resources are tools. Resources are just simply tools. Different jobs require different tools, okay? And uh, so I've been doing some work around the church uh, this last week and then doing some work at home and, uh, and I had a project at home that was going on for several weeks, even a month or two, where there was a problem with one of our, uh, uh, one of our appliances, the things in the home there. And I finally watched just the right YouTube video, and I got it fixed. And I'm so proud of myself. I'm incredibly proud of myself right now. But anyway, um, you know, so I've been doing some work and, and getting these things done. And you know what? For every job, there's a different tool. There's a different tool. I have made, since I've become a homeowner, since I have become 
a homeowner. Why did that sound right? I have made several trips to Home Depot. Because you know why? Things break. And you can't call the super and you're like, I got to get a tool for that. Now, the cool thing is I get to get a tool for it. But, but, you know, you also do have to go buy the tool. But for every job, there's a different tool. So a lot of things I'm going to give you tonight, and I put some things down here later if you want to take a look at it. You can. Every time you study the Bible, you may just use this book the first time. And then the next, I'm not going to touch the Bible with my foot. It's okay. And next time you use that one or that one. And so what I'm saying is you may use a concordance one day. You may use a atlas the next day. And so what I'm, you've got to find out what tool you need to use for what you want to do. And so uh, I'm not saying that every time you study the Bible, all of these have to be on your desk. And all of these have to be open in order for you to have a good Bible study. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. And I've tried to make that clear over and over again throughout this, that I'm giving you a ton of information. But even if you just take one thing and do it, that's better than it was before. So just use what you can, all right? But tools are important, and that's what this is about. So using the right tool for the job. Number four. So first we said resources are meant to aid, not replace Bible study. Then resources cannot replace the need to spend much time in Scripture. And then resources are tools. Number four, resources are not inspired by God. Resources are not inspired by God. Okay, so I have down here a, uh, a commentary by Matthew Henry. Okay. Dude lived like 200 years ago, 250 years ago, something, okay? You know what? You can read this, and you'll look in here, and you'll see the Scripture. And the Scripture, the actual writing of God, that's inspired. Yeah, God, God inspired that. That was God-breathed. All the notes about that Scripture are not inspired. Those are Matthew Henry's notes. That's what he thinks those things mean. And so remember that when you're reading something, even looking at an atlas <clears throat> or a, uh, a Strong's Concordance or the Vines Expository Dictionary, men are fallible. So I just want to make sure we understand that, that as we're approaching, especially commentaries, that we're not just taking everything they say as gospel truth. Believe the Bible that way, but don't believe man's words about the Bible. you got to search the scriptures yourself. That's what the people at Berea did. They heard what Paul said, and they said, you know what, we're going to go check and see. We're going to go check and see if that's really right. And that's what you're supposed to do, okay? Number five, the pastor, that's me, does not personally vouch for everything said in every resource that is mentioned tonight. There will be times... Or if you do buy some of these, or some of them are free, and I'll tell you about them, where you may read something and think, why would pastor recommend this? We don't believe this way. Well, there, I, I have read so many commentaries about different books of the Bible, and I have never found one that I believed everything they said, or I agreed with everything they said. Never one time. I've, seen, I, I, I've read about this, and every pastor I know would say the exact same thing. That we don't agree with, you know, if you, buy a, if you buy John Stott's commentary on the book of Romans, I guarantee you will not agree with everything. Even if you bought a commentary on the book of Philemon, there would be something in there. You say, I don't think I agree with that. I think that means this. And so understand that. When you're going to have to spit out some bones with any book that you read. Any book that you read. And if you come across, and here's on your sheet there. If you run across any questions or iffy doctrine... Make sure to ask your pastor, okay? And don't like, oh, pastor believes it. No, just 
make sure if you have a question, you ask, all right? Those are the disclaimers, the legal waivers. Since you heard them, you can't sue me now. All right, here we go. Suggested resources to aid your Bible study. Let me give you some. First of all, number one, study Bibles. <clears throat> a study Bible could be great for you if you're just starting out in Bible study. What's a study Bible? Okay, a study Bible, study Bibles on your sheet here are regular Bibles with explanatory notes printed with the text. So I don't know what type of Bible you have, but if you have a Bible with writing around it, you may have a study Bible. And uh, you may never read those notes, and you may read them. But uh, they may contain notes about the text, certain doctrines, cross-references, some word definitions, maps, charts, pictures, all of that. Because let's be honest, if you don't have pictures in your Bible, you're not paying attention anyway, are you? No, I'm just kidding. I hope you are. But, but uh, you know, there are pictures there. Now, I put, a, I put a note here as well. I did under most of these. Please remember that the authors put there is the blank. Their notes beside the scripture. And those two things are not equal. The scripture is perfect. The, uh, God's, God's words are, are, are perfect. But... The, the author's notes about those words are not perfect, okay? They, their notes, again, are not inspired of God. So you may, so I'll, I'll just tell you, I have, and I've always preached from, since I went to Bible college, a Schofield Reference Bible. That's what I have. I have a wide margin Schofield Reference Bible. And so I can write tons of stuff there in the margin. And I have that, and I've used the Schofield Reference Bible, but can I tell you, the first Schofield Reference Bible I had in Bible college I would read the notes that he put, and I wound up scratching a bunch of the notes out, some of the notes. I think in the book of Mark, there's some, and Ezekiel, because he's got some kind of a, the gap theory kind of stuff in there, which if you don't know about that, it's, there's a gap between one of the days in creation where their whole world existed, then God destroyed it, then started, I mean, it's a whole weird kind of theory and everything in there, and he's got some notes in there, and I disagree strongly with that. I don't think it's, I don't think it's true at all. So... Now, have I found great help in the uh, Schofield Study Bible? Yes. There's been great help there with cross-references and other things, but I'm saying not everything said in those is correct. Now, here are some suggested options for you if you want to go the route of a study Bible. Uh, again, I use the Schofield Reference Bible. It's probably the most famous Bible in the world, the Schofield Reference Bible, and... Uh, <clears throat> And it's got some good stuff in it for sure. I mean, some of the notes that he writes in the bottom, if you're, I'm in 2 Timothy at the end there, I'm looking at the book of Titus, and there's a whole big chapter, I mean, almost of what he wrote there. And some of the stuff he writes is really great stuff. The cross-references and other things can be very helpful. It is older, but it's good. Uh, I, I had a Thompson's Chain Reference Bible. In fact, if you want to see it, not right now. I don't come walking up, but, but uh, there's a, Tom, a Chain Reference Bible here that I used when I was in high school. And uh, so these are not free. Don't come take my Bible. It's got my name on it, all right? And uh, it's a great Bible from Pastor. No, that's, that was my high school Bible. And that's a really cool Bible because it'll have like a subject if you ran across the word like Ammonites. Uh, it'll say, you know, and actually the Ammonite is 129 because I looked at it today. 
And it'll say 129 or whatever, and you go to the back of the Bible, and it'll have all the text about the Ammonites and maybe some information about it. And so just all the way through, it has that. It has maps in the back. It's, it's a famous, also a very famous study Bible, the Thompson's Chain Reference Bible. These all cost, okay? Uh, some of them are free that I'll tell you about, but these uh, study, uh, uh, study Bibles cost. There is one called the Open Bible. I've never owned the Open Bible, but... Looking at it, I think it's great. Now, obviously, make sure when you're buying a Bible, uh, we believe King James Version is just the absolute best you're going to find and the thing that you need to get. And if you want to talk about that, we can absolutely talk about that. But I, I strongly, absolutely recommend that. And that's what we preach and teach and memorize and everything from here. But the open Bible is, um, is the same thing. It's just another form of a study Bible. And then there's the Ryrie's Study Bible. And uh, I have a copy of that down here as well that Pastor Murphy gave me when I was ordained. And that's the one in the front here. Ryrie's is kind of cool. But again, there's a bunch, there's several things in there that I've looked through that I don't agree with, but a lot that I do. And sometimes I'll take that Bible when I'm studying from my Schofield and I'm looking up a passage in Philippians, for instance. I'll get my Ryrie study Bible out, open it up, and look at the text and say, what did he have to say about that? What does he think that means? Where does he think this is going? And so there's charts, there's graphs, there's all this kind of stuff in there that could be very helpful for you as well. It's not exhaustive at all, but it's, it's good stuff. So those are some suggested uh, study Bibles. You could, if you're just starting out, invest in something like that. Number two are concordances. A concordance. What is a concordance? An exhaustive concordance, which is down here somewhere. This is the most famous exhaustive concordance there is. It's a Strong's exhaustive concordance. It's called exhaustive concordance because it's so heavy. That's what, no, it's not. I'm just kidding, all right? But uh, uh, an exhaustive, like, can you see the tiny little writing in there? I mean, like, you have to have eagle eyesight to be able to even read that thing. But I will tell you, so what's an exhaustive, what's an, and a concordance and an exhaustive concordance are different. An exhaustive concordance is going to have every word of the Bible. And so on your sheet here, an exhaustive concordance lists every occurrence of a given word in the Bible, except for the A, and and the articles, okay? It doesn't list those. But every other word in the Bible is going to tell you where that word appears. Some concordances, like Strong's down here, and there's Cruden's concordance and other things as well, but Strong's is the most popular, and it's keyed to the King James Version, which is, which is great. Because you can buy a concordance, and if it's not based on the King James, you're going to have a bunch of words you never heard you're looking up, okay? So make sure you understand that. But the Strong's concordance and, and, uh, and some others include Hebrew and Greek dictionaries, which allow you to look up the meaning of the original word. So not only can you find out every time the word propitiation was used, but you can also find out what does it mean. And you can just look it up right there in the concordance. Now, I'm going to tell you some cool stuff about these at the very end. And so I don't want to steal my own thunder here. Notice the note here. Oftentimes, there are several definitions for one word. We've seen that many times when we're reading Scripture. And you get to a word and it's like, this word is used seven times in Scripture. And it's seven different Greek words. And you're like, what? You know, but it's one English word. And so that's the difficulty in translation, right? So be careful when looking up words that you do not simply pick the definition that you want it to be. I have looked up words before and I have thought, ooh, that would make some great preaching. If only it meant that, <laughs> you know? And then you can, you can stretch it and be like, I'm just going to say, it could mean, and just, no. But you got to find out what does that word mean. And there are actually 
probably better dictionaries out there, Bible dictionaries, that could tell you in the particular instance what that word means in that passage. Uh, so Strong's is not the greatest on the side of Bible dictionary, but it is the best when it comes to concordance. And if you want to find out every time a certain word is used, Strong's is your guy for that, okay? And that's the suggested option I have for you. So we've got study Bibles, we've got concordances. Number, number three, Bible dictionaries. Bible dictionaries. <clears throat> what are Bible dictionaries? Well, I, it's, probably you could imagine what it is. A Bible dictionary, Bible dictionaries contain definitions of keywords found in Scripture and brief articles on Bible subjects with explanations and references related to the subject. So you're getting definitions, you're seeing a little article about it, maybe explaining it a little bit, and uh, talking about an explanation, and may give you references to where you can find that as well. Some suggested options for that are the Zondervan's Pictorial Bible Dictionary, Vine's Complete Expository Dictionary, and Smith's. I have all three of those. And uh, they are right here. I got Smith's uh, Bible Dictionary when I was in college. And uh, it's, got, you know, it's got some pictures in it. It's old school. Looks like they were hand-drawn. And you know the, the words are small. But you know if you want to look up Jericho, it's going to tell you what the name means. It means place of fragrance, a city of high antiquity situated in a plain traversed by the Jordan. And it's going to go through and maybe have a little picture of it there. Now, you can get some newer ones like Zondervan's Pictorial Bible Dictionary. And this is an older one. Probably the newer ones actually have pictures that are in color. But uh, there are some of these as well. And so if you want to look up the word miracles, that's what I just went to here. They're going to have, you know, several pages on that explaining what different types of miracles, uh, got the uh, scrolls and what they look like. So that's a Bible dictionary. You can look up words. Now, a really good one that I've recommended before is Vine's Complete Expository Dictionary. And a lot of these you can find online for five or six bucks used on Amazon. And it is Prime Day, ladies and gentlemen. So I think you can get a discount or something. But anyway, uh, and, and so I think these are... Oh, they're Old and New Testament, so they're split up. But if you want to look up the word burden, it'll tell you all the words in the Bible that are the word burden in English, what those words are in Greek. Because remember, we may have one word in English, like the word love. There's at least three words in Greek, phileo, agape, and another one I can't think of right now, that are the word love in Greek. So there's different levels of love in the Greek language. For us, it's love. Uh, that's the only word we get. And so if you get something like this, it'll tell you what the different words are in Greek for that one English translated word. Because remember, when we're reading the Bible, we're reading a translation from the Greek language in the New Testament and the translation of the Hebrew and Aramaic language in the Old Testament. And so, you know, sometimes words can have a deeper meaning. We have words in America with very deep meaning that if we were to try to translate that to another language, it would lose, it would lose uh, its meaning unless there were modifiers and other things for it. So those are three suggested Bible dictionaries that you may want to just have one. Again, just one of those. And uh, Vine's Complete Expository is a great option there. Uh, a Strong's Concordance, maybe grabbing a Thompson's Chain Reference or a Ryrie Study Bible, you would already be so far along in your Bible study. Number four is a topical Bible. Now, I don't own a topical Bible. I went to our books, uh, our, uh, we have a library for our school. I went upstairs, and do they have any in here? And I found one. And uh, in fact, to be honest with you, the, the Strong's Concordance there is from there too because I got rid of my Strong's Concordance because I have it on all of my computers. But um, I don't own a topical Bible, but a topical Bible is 
what it sounds like. It's a, a topical Bible that lists words alphabetically and gives references to find the word you're looking for regarding certain topics. They help you begin studies. So if you thought, I, I want to study, uh, you know, I want to study bitterness. You know, if you just want to look into that biblically, you could find that in there and it would tell you uh, more about that. It'll get you started on your journey, telling you where all those words are, how you can find them, what they mean, different things like that. And uh, so if you want to grab topics, the Knaves Topical Bible is famous. Tori's Topical Bible is free online. You can find it online. And uh, so that's also true with Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. You can find it free online. So we've got study Bibles, concordances, Bible dictionaries. There is a topical Bible, which may interest some of you if you want to go that route. And by the way, I do, I do have a Knaves Topical Bible right here in the very middle in the back, if you want to come take a look at that and see if that'd be something that could interest you. Number five is commentaries. Commentaries. Now, this one I like a lot. Commentaries. What are commentaries? Okay, a commentary is a series of notes from an author explaining the meaning of certain passages of Scripture. Now, if you were here when I was preaching through Romans, or even a little bit in Philippians, there were times where at the beginning of the message, before I gave you any, any applications, all I was doing was explaining what it meant. You know what I was doing? I was giving you a commentary. I was giving you the Eli Reynolds commentary on the book of Philippians, or the Eli Reynolds commentary on the book of Romans, all right? And again, I probably don't agree with everything Eli Reynolds believes, but uh, you know, if I look back on all those things, who knows? But, but uh, that's what a commentary is. Some commentaries are expository, going verse by verse, telling you what they mean. Others are technical in languages, and they're going to give you the Greek and the Hebrew and everything else about it. There are some commentaries that are more practical or, fill in the blank there, devotional. You can find commentaries that are going to explain it in a devotional way, a very practical way. So there are different types of commentaries. And trust me, there are thousands of commentaries. Thousands of commentaries. Now the key is, you, you better know, I would encourage you to know what that author believes before you buy that commentary. So here are some dangers inherent in commentaries. Number one, Make sure that you glean what you can from Scripture first. The blank there is Scripture. If you're going to use a commentary, and again, these, uh, these right here are commentaries in this stack. These uh, six books here are Matthew Henry's commentary, the whole Bible. I've got J. Sidlow Baxter, which is a one-volume book of just kind of an overview of every book of the Bible. Then down here is Warren Wearsby's commentary on the Old Testament. And uh, that's one volume for the Old Testament, one volume for the New Testament. And you can take a look at those if you want to uh, afterwards. I don't mind. But make sure if you're going to use a commentary that you get into the scripture yourself. Because, look, learn, you are supposed to learn to study the Bible, not learn how to study commentaries. Because the commentaries are someone else's thoughts about what's happening. And you want to develop your own thoughts. You want to get, uh, 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 you know, and I know if, if you're reading a scripture and you're like, I want to interpret this correctly. I want to observe and interpret correctly, and I don't know what it means. And you want to go and cross-reference a bunch of, like, if I, when I don't understand something, I don't just read one commentary. I'll read seven or eight or nine or ten commentaries. And I want to understand the whole passage and say, you know what? This ain't right because that doesn't match up with other scripture. This isn't right because of that. These four agree, and you know what? It seems like they all got this, the strongest argument, and I will go through that. I'll define the words. I'll look at the context and all of that, 
but just make sure that you're not just relying upon commentaries uh, for, you know, don't make it a habit to run to those immediately. Number two, here's another inherent danger. Do not use commentaries instead of Bible study, but in addition to Bible study. And again, that goes back to what I was saying. But in addition to, if you do buy a commentary, which I I think you should, and uh, the ones I'm going to recommend to you are absolutely free, by the way, so free, so you don't even have to buy them. But, uh, but it, it, don't just run to them, but also realize that it's not instead of the Bible, it's in addition to your Bible study. Number three, no commentary is 100% right. Not one. And I have said, I, I have disagreed with every commentary I have read in some matter, okay? And, and that would go for the most famous preachers you know that write commentaries, okay? Just, you know... Not, no one is absolutely right on everything. And oftentimes when you're trying to just put out book after book after book after book, are you really taking time to dig in and get everything? Maybe not so much, okay? So be careful about that. And uh, they, they're not inspired of God. They're human authors. But they can help you for sure. It's just like as a pastor when I preach. I believe I can help you. But maybe not everything I say is 100% true. I, I hope it is. I'm, I'm studying and trying to learn the word of God so I can give you the truth. But uh, just understand that. Then also, number four there, be careful about becoming an ite. That's not ite. It's just ite, all right? It's not the word there. So what I mean by that is this. Do not immediately accept and believe everything a certain author writes. Do not immediately accept and believe. No, you got to search the scriptures. Some people are in love with John MacArthur. As if the man can do no wrong. I'm not against John MacArthur. What I'm saying is some people are, whatever he says is right. No, it's not. I can tell you several doctrines off the top of my head that I firmly and strongly disagree. Has he got some great stuff? Yeah, but he's like, he's not Pentecostal. He's, I don't know what he is. Methodist, Presbyterian, something like that. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm not disparaging him at all. You know, But I'm saying uh, some people go overboard because they'll say, you know, so they're a MacArthurite. Or Charles Swindle-ite. They're a Swindle-ite. They're a David Jeremiah-ite. You know, don't become an ite where you automatically believe everything what that one person says. Whatever they write, a Wearsby-ite or, or a Stanley-ite or Lakato-ite, whatever it may be, don't just believe that because a certain person is saying it. No, you must search the scriptures. You must do that. I do have some suggested options for you, and every single one of these, I have found things I don't agree with, (laughs) okay? But by and large, you will learn a lot. Matthew Henry is a classic, an absolute classic commentary on the Bible. It's written in Old English. You'll have to read a little bit slower, and and it's going to be lengthy, whatever passage you're reading about. But you will walk away with a great understanding. Matthew Henry was taught by his father the Bible. And he sat down and wrote this commentary hundreds of years ago, and it is still one of the most popular commentaries today. It is free online, and I'll tell you how you can find it in just a little bit. There's also Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the Bible, but why would you want to do that, right? Get the whole thing if you're going to get it. I have the six-volume books here someone gave me for free years and years and years ago. Uh, But again, you can find it free online. There's the Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown commentary. That's one volume. It's free online. It's free online, and it's, it's kind of succinct, but uh, there is some good stuff in there. Albert Barnes' notes on the Bible, uh, not, not Robert Barnes' notes on the Bible, where Brother Barnes is, uh, but uh, Albert Barnes' notes on the Bible, and that's free online. 
It's, it's a huge series. It's, again, kind of like Matthew Henry. Now, the thing about Matthew Henry and Barnes is they were both Calvinists. And, and Calvin, so when you're reading scriptures about salvation, you may be like, to st- take a step back and realize, okay, no, we believe in free choice. You know, we don't, we don't believe God just saves people and just sends people to hell, that he gives them a free choice. But that was the popular Reformed theology of the day, and they believed it. And so a little bit of that creeps in, even with Charles Spurgeon, too. And so there's certain things you may read and be like, eh, no, we believe salvation by grace through faith, and that it's a matter of choice, not that it's something that God just makes you do. And so, again, not every person's going to have it exactly right, but these could be very beneficial. The John Phillips Commentary Series. Now, he will do one book of the Bible, and it'll be an entire book. And, you know, it's, if you look on Amazon, they're not cheap, but uh, if you want to study one book in depth, um, like I had it for the book of Romans when I did I used John Phillips a lot just to look through and understand stuff. He's got some great material. He's a great, uh, he was a great commentator in the 50s, I believe it was. J. Sidlow Baxter, I have that down here. Explore the book. It's kind of like an oversight of every book of the Bible. You can just, if you want to get like, okay, before you read 1 John or something, you want to just dive in and understand what 1 John's all about before you get into it and know what to look for. J. Sidlow Baxter, it's a classic, classic book. You can find them very cheap online on Amazon or even through some of the other apps like Thrift Books. Thrift Books is a place I go to find old scriptures, uh, old uh, uh, commentaries and things like that. Is this just boring, or is, are you getting stuff? Is this helpful at all? Okay, all right. Three of you are excited. Good. All right, number next. The Wearsby Bible Commentary. I love Warren Wearsby. I think he's still alive. Again, I do not believe a lot that he, <laughs> that he says, but I shouldn't say a lot. There are things that makes it sound like I know everything and they don't. There's a, there's a couple things that you just, when you study a certain thing, you're, you may say, okay, the rest of this was good, but... I don't believe this, you know, and it seemed like when he did the book of Psalms that he kind of just rushed through it real quick to get it out there, and so when I was doing the book of Psalms study, I didn't really go to him, because there was a lot that I was like, I don't think he got it right on that, but Wearsby, if you want something practical, and you want something that, 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 you know, you don't have to be like a Bible scholar to understand, Wearsby's the guy. And uh, I've got a commentary down here by him. I had the New Testament commentary in my office. I have used him many, many, many times and uh, just to get a, a, a cursory knowledge of the passage. And so, again, you got to be mature, and as you're studying and you're growing, you may come to things in any one of these commentaries and say, you know what, I'm going to chew the meat here and just spit out the bones because I don't believe that. But another one is also the Through the Bible series by J. Vernon McGee. How many of you were like in Los Angeles when J. Vernon McGee, Miss Janie, you were, several of you, uh, when J. Vernon McGee was on the radio and he got that great uh, southern voice. And, you know, if you ever heard him, he's much deeper than, than my voice. But uh, he's, he was just a great expositor of the Bible, and it's a big series of books that you can get. And uh, they're not cheap, but if you want to invest in something, he explains scripture really well. And uh, I think you can listen to everything that he wrote online still for free. So it's the same thing as in the book. Someone just transcribed it and put it in a book. And you can get that free online. He has a website and everything, okay? Number six is Bible atlases. And we're almost done. Bible atlases. What are Bible atlases? Well, they have maps. Bible atlases contain many more maps than most Bibles have. They give detailed descriptions of geography with explanatory articles. Now, there's a note here that, that I, I gave to you here. Famous companies in the past, such as Rand McNally, who without most maps that there are, and even Reader's Digest have published Bible atlases. I have both of those right down here. Um, Keep in mind that if you 
that if you do invest in an atlas, you probably won't use it as much as other resources. It's just not, not very common for me to be like, I need to get the atlas out for this one. You know, it's, it's not often. And there are free things now online with Google and other things. You can probably search up areas without it. Um, I did list a couple. I have the Holman Bible Atlas. I've looked through it a few times. It's got a lot of pretty pictures and all that. I didn't put it down here. It's on my computer. Uh, but that looks like a good atlas. There's a rose, then a now Bible map atlas. You can find rose at Walmart. Uh, they have a Bible atlas at Walmart even. And you know sometimes they'll have a little book section in Walmart that's Christian books. And then there's the Zondervan's Atlas of the Bible. Just a couple suggestions. Um, and then lastly here, software and websites. Software and websites. A couple suggested Bible options here for software. First of all, I want to suggest eSword. eSword. Um, for PC, if you have Microsoft, whatever, it's a free download. It's free. That's the magic word. It is free, gratis. It is free, okay? And uh, it, is, it is, but it is priceless. You can get it for your Mac. I have it for my Mac. I think I paid $9 for my Mac. I got an app on my iPad and on my iPhone, and they were like 2 and $4 collectively. But I love it so much that I paid for it on all of those. And uh, say, say, why did you do that? Well, uh, let me just make sure I don't have anything. And, and again, those apps are cheap. You know why I, I bought eSword? It's because I found on eSword this entire thing for, for, is on there. This entire series of Matthew Henry is on there. The entire commentary series of Jameson Fawcett Brown is on there. The entire commentary series from Albert Barnes's notes is on there. And if you ever see Albert Barnes's notes, I have some in my office over here. It's like 40 books long, like 40 books. All of that, they have Charles Spurgeon's commentary, uh, The Treasury of David, is on there. You, you get something like 40 commentaries. You get several Bible dictionaries that are, that are even listed here. You don't get vines, but you get other Bible dictionaries. You get lexicons. You get um, uh, commentaries. You get all of these, a lot of the things I show you here, if you have, an, if you have a PC, eSword is free, and you get all of those right there. I use eSword every day of my life. Every single day. I use eSword in some capacity. I'm looking up words. I'm looking up a commentary in some form, shape, or another. Uh, you know, they, they have all of that there. And it is all free. You don't even have to buy all these books if you get eSword. Now, if you want to buy some books, like you want Vines. Uh, this is a classic book. And, and you can't find it online. But you say, you know what? I want to look up some words and, and understand some things. It's like six bucks on Amazon. Free delivery, whatever it is. And the uh, same with the Bible dictionary there. There are other ones like Unger's Dictionary and different things too. But eSword, <clears throat> because of the price, I could not recommend to you more because of if you're just starting out, you don't want to invest in a ton of money in something. And maybe you can't afford to buy, you know, eight books here, but you can get eSword. And you can pay, if you have it on, if you have a Mac computer at home, you can pay 10 bucks, I think it is. And have it for your, and you have to go on there, and I can, if you want, if you have questions about it, come see me, okay? But the, you can download the commentaries right there. You can download Bible dictionaries. You can download concordances. Strong's concordance is all on there automatically. Every word you see in the scripture on there has a little number by it. And if you click that number, it'll bring up the definition and everywhere that word is used in the Bible. It's a great resource. I'm just giving it to you now for free. All right, here we go. And then the next one there is called logos. It's not logos because it's a Greek word. The, the word logos in Greek is the word word. 
okay? And uh, so in the beginning was the word, it's the word Logos, okay? Logos Bible software, I use this every day of my life too, just about. It's definitely more of a financial commitment, and it's probably only for those of you who like, you really, really want to just deep dive in and study. The base packages start at $300, but what you get, and you, you know, they go from like silver to gold to platinum to diamond to like, you know, whatever. Uh, what you get in there is thousands of resources. You get thousands. And so if you invest in that software, and it takes a little, little while to learn, but uh, if you want to ever come see it, you are more than welcome. Please, if you want to see how the software works, if you're thinking of investing in it, I get a kickback. So, no, I'm kidding, I don't. But uh, if you want to see it, come to my office. I will be glad to show you how it works. I have mine set up. So like when I study Philippians, I have a little tab over here. I go click it. And it brings up Greek dictionaries, two different Greek dictionaries. It brings up the book of Philippians. It brings up commentaries I've already uh, dog-eared about Philippians that I really like about Philippians. And all these different, you can do word searches. You can do, I mean, it, it, pretty much anything you want to do in Logos, if you can dream it, they can do it in, in some way, shape, or form. And uh, so it is, I, I, I made the investment several years ago, and I didn't get the base package. I got a bigger package. And you can just, and every book that you get, you can just continue to add. Just continue to add to your library. Whatever Christian book you like, it's probably on there. So uh, that is definitely a, a bigger package. Now, a couple things here just really quickly. Some suggested website options are Blue Letter Bible, uh, studylight.org. Those two... <clears throat> Are, are give you Bible dictionaries and things like that. If you say, I don't want to buy eSword, I have a Mac, or I don't want to buy Logos, those are free. You can just go online to Blue Letter Bible or studylight.org, and uh, you can find in there, click on the KJV version of it, okay? And then go, and you can search up words, Bible dictionaries, all of that stuff. Uh, there's several of them on there. It's not, it's not like eSword. It's not as exhaustive as eSword, and it won't have as many resources, and definitely not even close to Logos. But th those are free, and you can use those online. You can just open up on your computer, unless you're going to be tempted to go search something off in your email, you know. But if, if not, if you can stay focused, those could really be a help to you uh, as, as well to get you started. Now, I did list one more on here, gotquestions.org. Gotquestions, I have gone to probably 100 times about different things. Gotquestions is a Christian website that if you have a question about anything, any topic spiritually related, you can type it in and they've probably got articles written. Now again, because you know, Got Questions is not a Baptist website, there are certain things you may just have to skip over and say, okay, I, I don't believe that at all, whatever. But I just, I wanted to bring that to you because several of you may have questions and you may be, I don't wanna ask this question, I'm too shy to ask this or whatever, you don't know where to go. I would just suggest sometimes going to Got Questions and if you've got and if you've got questions after you go to Got Questions, come see me and I'd be glad to answer them, okay? So those are some things I think that could really be a help. I, I wanted to be super practical, and I knew, I knew this was going to take a little while to go through these things. But even if you just grabbed one of these and just said, okay, I'm going to try the concordance, and I'm going to do a word study. And I'm going to look up in the concordance every time the word, uh, uh, you know, uh, pick a, a random word of the Bible, grace or faith or whatever you want to. 
and you can look those up, study the passages, find out how it's used in Scripture. You can get definitions for it. You can dive deep into some commentaries. I would recommend that you go home, and if you do want to do this seriously, download eSword. I have it on my phone. I'll show it to you tonight if you want to see it, uh, because you can get on there and download some great resources that could really just give you some better insight. But uh, I, I want to just ask at the end there, as we end, what, what resources could you employ in your daily Bible study? Maybe for you, I don't know, I'm an old dog, don't want to learn new tricks. Could you learn to just grab one other book, like a Bible dictionary, and just keep it next to your Bible? Esort is not complicated. You could learn that. You could do that. And it could enrich your Bible time. But the most important part of Bible study, fill this in the last blank there. The most important part of Bible study is starting. You have to do it. And so if I can help you in any way, I'm really trying to make this the most basic and practical thing I possibly can. And so if you want to come look at these, I'll leave them here for a little while, okay? <laughs> then I'm taking them back to my office, all right? I don't want these walking out the door. But uh, and, and if I can help you set something up on your computer, if I can help you download eSword, if, whatever, if you want to take a look at Logos in my, in my office because you think you may be interested in that, or you want to see something, you know, like eSword on my phone, I want to help you. Do not think you're imposing upon me. I am here to help you with this and to get you started on this journey. And so I hope that tonight was a help to you and practical and something that interested you and, and that you'll take and use in your life. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for the opportunity to have in America. We've got so many options for studying the Bible. And there are so many people that don't even have a Bible.